Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday morning. Glad that you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, who, especially our servicemen out there taking care of us. want to apologize on yesterday's audio. We seem to have gotten that fixed, so fingers crossed. But even but when the audio is terrible. Former Bulldog Sports Radio producer uh, Brooks Roberts texted me. He's like, would you unplug the mics? And I was like, the mics don't unplug, so I don't know what happened. Guess what happened? The mic was unplugged. The mic was unplugged. But even when the audio is terrible? Yeah. Got some great hosts, don't they? Yeah, yeah, we did Man. the best we could. We did the best we could. So, uh, I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. It's 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 it's, it's dark. It's cold. I mean, if that's not time for like a, a you know hot coffee or hot chocolate, get you through the evening, warm you warm up your bones. Well, I don't know what it is, my friend. It's it's that time of year, and just because Halloween's coming on, that doesn't mean the pumpkin spice has to stop flowing. It's still available to you at Strange Brew, pumpkin spice and Thanksgiving. They go together. Thanksgiving, by the way. In case you didn't know, my favorite holiday of them all. So, I'm just saying. Maybe I could find a way to, to... I don't know how I would do it. I don't know how I could put Strange <laughs> Brew into my Thanksgiving, but I might try to find a way. You can use the caffeine to power you to eat more. That's a good call. You don't have to go to sleep. Get that second wind yeah. round. You know, second wind, and Stephen Augustinelli's laughing right now because that was a real thing at his house. So, side note. My parents were divorced, so I would do Thanksgiving lunch with my mom's family. And then I would go to my dad's family, which is the Gustinelli's a part of, for the second part of the day. And around halftime of the Cowboys game, Aunt Shirley and the rest, they didn't even need to say anything. They just started putting the food back on the table, and you start catching that second wind. And I'm doing the gesture right now, Stephen. You know what it is. Second wind. And then you'd go make yourself another big plate and sit down and watch the second half of the Cowboys game. So, I could, the caffeine could help. No question about that. So, uh, Our good friends over at College Corner. They say, hey, Thanksgiving, you want to have a maroon and white Thanksgiving? They can make that happen for you. Of course, maroon and white Christmas as well. My wife started her holiday shopping. I told her, I was like, look, anything you want to get me that's maroon and white, make sure you get it from collegecornerstore.com. And I suggest you guys do the same. They've got a lot of great stuff available there. The biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in central Mississippi. And if you're down in the Jackson area, check out either of their two locations. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, and they're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Advantage Business Systems wants this holiday season to be about profits for you. So don't let yourself get weighed down with outdated and inefficient information systems, document systems, computers, things like that. You need to upgrade your technology Time to do it now, here towards the end of the fiscal year. That way you start off next year strong and ready to go. So give Advantage Business Systems a call today and see how they can help you out. Call them at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Joel, 
Hey, Brian. We got a good show today, I think. Every show we do is good. All right, I'm not going to argue with that, but we have a good concept today, put it that way. Uh, we, we talked yesterday about one of the things that was true was, you know, how did we get here? How did Mississippi State get to this point where everything is sort of so inept? Uh-huh. And it piqued my curiosity. And uh, as I am wont to do, I did the research. And so we're going to reconstruct this timeline here, taking you all the way back to the point where I believe the troubles of today began. Here, so if you're ready to go on this journey with me... <clears throat> Let me strap up. Yeah. Seatbelts on. Regulators. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> We're going to start in 2014. Okay. Signing day, 2014. All right. So the state's coming off the Liberty Bowl. You've got Dak. You know, you feel pretty good about the 2014 season. You don't know that you're going to be number one in the nation, uh, you know, what, six months from now or eight months from now. But that's where you are. That's a rough class. Uh, ranked 36 nationally. Um, but in Mullen fashion... Of the five uh, lowest guys that were rated in the class, three are in the NFL right now, and one was Nick Fitzgerald. Now, one guy, Ronald Cochran, didn't make it. But, I mean, the last five guys are Fitzgerald, Elton Jenkins, Braxton Hoyette, Deion Calhoun, and then Ronald Cochran, who didn't make it. But you get a lot of guys in this class who were either non-contributors by the time you get to like 2016. And that's this is what we need to connect here. You need to get from this signing day to signing day 2016 and then signing day 2017. Those are the next key dates. Although we're going to talk a little bit about 15. So you got, you know, you got some good guys in this class. Aris Williams is probably is the stud of this class in terms of, you know, living up to recruiting ranking. Gary Green's in this class. Corey Thomas was a big time recruit when you got him. But your top-rated guy was Jamal Graham. He's gone, what, two years from now? Or I guess he left after the 2016 season. Jesse Jackson, but basically a non-contributor. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he caught a few passes. Brandon Bryant would leave, what, at, towards the end of his junior year. He wasn't there in 2018. Um, Will Coleman. Didn't Will Coleman leave school early? He did not complete his career at Mississippi State, I don't believe. Uh, I could be wrong with that. I don't yeah, remember. Him doing I'd it, be though. guessing. I, I can't remember yeah. specifically. You signed JUCO guy. He's a JUCO guy. Darian Hutcherson's a JUCO guy, so he, he's, he's going to be gone after 16. Yep. Uh, Jockwell Johnson never contributed. Grant Harris started some games, but not much of a contributor. Elijah Staley, we all know Joel ran him off. You know, One of the best players in this class is Chris Rayford, maybe the best special teams player MSU ever had. JT Gray, good player for MSU. So you got a good mix in this class of contributors, but you've also got some guys who didn't do anything for you. Like I mentioned with Graham, I mean, after his his second year, he wasn't really doing anything. Will Coleman didn't do very much. Jockwell Johnson didn't do very much. You also, and this is going to become a little bit of a troubling trend for Mullen, you signed four guys who never made it to Mississippi State in any way. They went to JUCO, and they just never came to Mississippi State. Ravian Pierce, Deshaun Cooper, Jordan Harrison. Oh, sorry. LaShard Durr did end up being a part of the class of 16. Yep. So he made it two years later. But the, so you signed three guys who didn't make it. So you signed 24 guys, and you got you know five or six really solid star players. You know, I mean, for for MSU that's pretty good. In this class to get Fitzgerald, Jenkins, Hoyette, Calhoun, I'll put Gray. I mean, he was a star, a good player from Mississippi yeah. State. Green and Aris Williams. This is a pretty solid class, but you also had some misses in here, and that's sort of that's sort of the Mullen way, right? Yep. This is actually not that bad a recruiting class. I mean, if you could re rank it. It's probably a top 20 class. But at the time, you're thinking, okay, it's not that great. That's 36. But you're looking ahead to the next year. And you know in 15, 
there's a big in-state crop. That's the other running theme we're going to have here is that in-state players tend to be busts for Mississippi, for most teams. Uh, when you look at the 2015 class, let's look at these players in-state. Now, these three of the top 64 players in the country were Mississippians this year. And between those three, I think you got one All-SEC appearance, and that was Leo Lewis as a freshman. The other two guys are Javon Patterson for Ole Miss, who's in the NFL now, but was never a All-SEC player at Ole Miss. And then Jamal Peters, who I'm going to call, categorize him as a bust. He's the number 58 player in the country. He was the number three rated safety in the country. He never did anything. The, the two guys in front of him uh, were uh, Derwin James, who was a first-round draft choice, and Deontay Thompson, who started a lot of games for Alabama. I think he's in the NFL. I always wonder with Jamal Peters how good he could have been had they put him somewhere and left him there. He was done no favors. Yeah. No question about that. But State is really good in-state this year. The 14 class, by the way, in-state, State really did not do well. Now, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because, again, you, know, you go back and look at 14 and – in the state, state the top-rated guy they got was Jamal Graham. The top five guys in the state were Rod Taylor, C.J. Hampton, Markel Pack, Breland Speaks, Devin Voorhees, who went to LSU. You got one NFL guy in there, and that's Breland Speaks, who I think got cut by the Chiefs. Uh, Markel Pack was a bust. C.J. Hampton was a huge bust for Ole Miss. And Rod Taylor was you know, just a good player for them. But it, people say, well, he wasn't a bust. He started a lot of games. Yeah, but when you're a four-star top 50 overall player, the number two offensive guard in the country, I feel like it's okay to expect you to be all SEC one time. And he never was. The 15 class, in-state, in Javon Patterson, then state gets Jamal Peters, Leo Lewis, Fletcher Adams, and Malik Deer. So you got some players in there. Yeah. But when you think about it, I mean, Leo Lewis had the best career of any of those guys. And most MSU fans would say he was a disappointment, right? Yeah. That's, fair? That's fair. I mean, Malik Deer, I think, may have scored four touchdowns, five touchdowns at Mississippi State. Fletcher Adams started some games, but never did anything huge. He also signed Tommy Champion, but he would have to go to JUCO and come back a couple years later. Tim Washington was a good depth player for MSU. Um, Chris Stamps was the 11th-rated player. He signed the next, of the next three, 11, 12, 13, by 24-7 anyway. Chris Stamps ended up transferring out. Uh, Dante Jones is still on the roster, but he's not being used. And then you have Keith Joseph, who, of course, untimely passed away. Uh, his freshman year, the next the next guy on this class is probably the guy who ended up having the biggest impact of State's original signees, and that's Mark McLaurin, who was the number seventeen player, you know, yeah. three year starter. Then you have the number nineteen guy, Jonathan Abram, but he signs with Georgia out of high school. Uh, going down the list, Jonas Spivey, you know, you sign all these in state kids, and for the most part, you didn't get any stars out of this this group. You know, Lewis is probably the closest one. And his freshman year, I would have said, yeah, he, he was really, really good. But after that... That was the ceiling of his career. That was the best year he had. So he signed Donald Gray out of this class uh, in, from, from high school. Or, I'm sorry, no, this was, this was his junior college year. So, you know, you bring him in. You bring in Martinez Rankin, but he red shirts at the end of this season. You know, Nick Gibson was a really good player, but never starter. Darrell Williams, really good player. Now we're getting the guy who's, you know, did a lot. Uh, Trevor Jung, I mean, uh, uh, he started some games, but was never like a huge part of it. Dedrick Thomas just wrapped up his career. Pretty solid player. Uh, Jonathan Calvin, who for his two years at State, was okay. So you see what I'm getting at, though? Yeah. You know, again, you don't really have – I mean, who is the biggest star in this class? Is there, is there a star in this class? Is there one guy that you're like, that guy is one of State's all-time best players? No, not one guy. Yeah, who would you say before Donald Gray as you were going on that list? Malik Deer. 
Malik Deer, Don and then Martinez Rankin. Martinez Rankin. Martinez Rankin's probably Rankin the best is player. probably the best player of the group. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he was good. Yeah. You know, Gray had his moments. Yeah, the bottom end of the class, Michael Story. I mean, he's known more for the off the field stuff. Farad Green had a good career, and he's now in the NFL. And my friend. Yeah, but but I mean, no. Anthony Mullins didn't do anything. Nick N- Tiano gone. Harrison Moon never made it. Justin Johnson played. You know, but you got. A, this is a this is a a good class, but you don't have you don't have a single All SEC guy in this class, not one except for Rankin. Yeah. So you get to sixteen, and now you're in trouble. This class was almost one of the biggest train wrecks in Mississippi State history. Um, they went into signing day with thirteen players committed, and they were only expecting to get at best three more. And then in the early morning, Lloyd Cushenberry gets an offer from LSU. He's a Louisiana kid. He's gone. And so now you're hoping. You felt pretty good about getting Kobe Jones, and you end up getting him. And then you're settled in waiting on Jeff Simmons. And I will tell you, and I've, I've mentioned it here on the show before, there was a lot of confidence in Starkville that they were going to get Jeff Simmons. But there was also a lot of confidence in Oxford. Yep. He ends up making the call from Mississippi State. If Simmons doesn't commit to this class – You've got two four-star kids, and that's it. Simmons was a five-star kid. The only five-star state has signed in the last decade. Now, Chris Jones. You're right. So two, two five-stars. You're right. You're, you're correct. Now, you end up with some other guys who are decent. Marky Spencer, still playing. And this, by the way, this is the 16 class, right? This should be your redshirt seniors. Should have a good chunk of them, you would think, still in the depth chart. You don't. You don't. You've got Kobe Jones and Marquis Spencer. You've still got Errol Thompson. Stuart Reese is gone. Uh, Jamal Couch is gone. C.J. Morgan is not playing right now. Corey Charles doesn't play at all. You've signed Dante Jones for the third time. (laughs) He's still not contributing. LaShard Durr became a starter. Jordan Thomas became a starter. But again, these are Juco guys. They're only going to be there for two more seasons. Christian Robertson, nothing. Trey Brown, nothing. Towards the end of the class now, we're getting Cam Dantzler. Good player. Greg Island is still here. Dorian Parker's still here. John Michael Hankerson, we all know, had some legal issues and left. And then in the summer, they added Reggie Todd and Osiris Mitchell. But, of course, Todd is no longer here either. This was a class where you signed three receivers thinking, okay, State was their, their big thing this year was they need bigger receivers. They've got all these 5'9 guys. They need to get some size. So they signed Mitchell, Todd, and Couch, 6'5", 6'5", 6'5". Only one of those guys is still here. So we go into the 16th season, and Mullen knows, I don't have any stars on this roster outside of Simmons. I don't have, you know, I need to, to completely change the way I'm going to recruit, and he does. And this is where, this is like the next really important point, because the next year he goes insane with the JUCOs. Now, it worked out because they were good, but this class sells the, the mortgage on the 2020 season. Because the 17 class should be your true seniors and redshirt juniors. Yeah. In other words, this should be the bulk of the depth chart. Right now. Here we go. Now you tell me how many of these guys are still playing for Mississippi State. Ready? Okay. Willie Gay. Nope. Keaton Thompson. Nope. Kylan Hill. Nope. <laughs> Pretty Chauncey, much. Chauncey, Although he is still on the roster, yeah. we asked today. Chauncey Rivers. Uh, nope. Jonathan Abram. Nope. Dion Pope. Nope. Never came. Yep. Never came. Lee Autry. Nope. Tommy Champion. Nope. Brian Cole. Nope. Tyler Dunning. Nope. We're finally at a guy who's on the team. Aaron Odom. 
That's the first guy in the class of 2017. We are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten signees in a 21 signee class. We're ten guys in before there's still a guy from the roster. This should be the bulk of the depth chart, and it's not. Yeah, I, I guess where where you I mean, like a guy like Willie Gay, for instance, right, is a guy that is just too talented to still. You can't. Be here. You can't. You know, if you lose Willie Gay, you lose Willie Gay. Yeah. But you had so many JUCO guys, and we're still going here. Let's let's continue. Montez Sweat. Nope. Austin Williams is still here. Tyler Williams. Nope. Tyree Phillips. Nope. Landon Gidry is still here, but he does not contribute. He is a third teamer. Jaquarius Landrews. Nope. Cordavian Suggs. Still still here. Nice. Not on the two deep. James Jackson is on the two deep. Yep. Tucker Day is a starting punter. Powers Warren, not a contributor. And then once again, Mullen signs four guys who don't make it here, including two offensive linemen. This class had one offensive lineman signed, and it's Cordavian Sucks who doesn't play. You want to know why State's not good on the offensive line? That's why. Because you have a whole class where you didn't sign a single contributor on the offensive line. Now think about how hard that is. But they signed Noah Ellis, Josh Cooper, Montrevious Richardson, and Jaquavius Collins, and not a single one of them ever played a down, ever practiced yeah. for Mississippi State. Yeah, that's State. something that you don't have one O-lineman out of that bunch So that's still here. 21, 21 enrollees, four signees, 25 players, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys are still on the team. So only a third of the class is still here, and only James – and only – what two starters in Tucker Day and Aaron, well, no, Aaron Holmes on a starter, Austin Williams, and then two other, three other guys are on the uh, the depth chart, are on the two deep, and then you got two guys that don't play at all. This class is the moment where 2020 was going to fall off a cliff for whoever the coach was, unless they went back JUCO hard, which I don't think you could do the next year because there's a new coach. So you, you look around and you're like, what, why is why are they so bad? Look at this class. There's not a guy. Yeah. That you there's there's not a difference maker left. There were two difference makers in this class that should have been on this team. But Willie gave into the NFL and Kylan Hill fell apart. You know, the JUCO guys, they did their they, they did the best they could. They were great players, yeah, by and large. But they, they you knew they weren't going to be here in, you didn't think they were gonna be here in twenty nineteen. Yeah. You got you got sort of lucky that Landrews, Cole, and Rivers could stay. And this this team's biggest Achilles heel right now, as you mentioned a minute ago, mm-hmm. the 2020 team, mm-hmm. is offensive line. Offensive line and receivers. And, you know, you don't have a single one here, and so it forces you to rely upon, which granted, as a five-star, you expect Charles Cross to be a star. But he is still a redshirt freshman. Uh, you know, it forces you to rely upon a redshirt freshman. It yeah. forces you to rely upon a... A transfer in Cole Smith. Mm-hmm. It forces you to to rely upon guy. There should be another guy. Mm-hmm. You would think, but there's not. Yeah, I mean, you you signed one high school lineman, and you signed four high school receivers. Well, I guess I'm sorry. I take it back. You signed in the last two classes. You signed uh, one high school lineman who made it to campus, and four receivers who made it to campus. But two of them would be out by the second year. And you wonder why they're not any good. The, the, the seeds have been planted at this point. You know, the, everyone talks about the foundation. It's shaky right now. Now, you get through 17 and 18 and you're good. 
Of course, in 17, you have the coaching change. And you bring in a guy in Joe Moorhead who, you know, to his credit, keeps most of this class together. Now, who remembers this class? What was the, the, the big rallying cry of this class? Was that you got three difference-making receivers. Those receivers were Malik Heath, who just got here because he had to go to JUCO. Stephen Guidry. And I was thinking about Guidry today. You know, if Guidry had been a three-star kid you know, that you picked up because you liked him, you liked his film, and he had the career that he had, everything's the same, right? Yeah. I don't think anybody would be hard on him. Like, that kid was, you know, he outperformed his recruiting profile. But when you're the nation's number one junior college wide receiver, I set a, st- a higher standard. Yeah. And he didn't make up to it. And then the top-rated guy Whop. was Devontae Jason, who didn't make it out of his freshman year, basically. And then you look at this class. This should be your, what, true juniors and redshirt sophomores, right? Yeah. You got Dollar Bill, who's been in and out of the starting lineup. Jaden Crumney's been very good. Very good. You got Jalen Maiden, who's gone. I remember doing a podcast. I think I've mentioned this before. I did a podcast when, this, when Maiden committed Talking about how MSU knew who its starting quarterback was going to be through like 2022. I was way off on that. <laughs> Marcus Murphy, good player, right? Yep. Fabian Lovett's gone. Aaron Brule, good player. Jaquarius Spivey, not getting used. Not getting used. Nate Watson, good player, playing. Sias Verge has lost his starting job, but he's still playing. Jalen Reed doesn't play. Sean Preston plays. Jet Johnson doesn't play. Devin Robinson doesn't play. Cam Jones got to play Saturday night. At the start. And that was a very tough night for him. But he's playing. Uh, you know, he's contributing. Cam Young is not a contributor as far as I can tell. Brad Combus, he's playing. Some had his first catch of the year. Uh, Cam Gardner has had some catches this year. Shamar Kelby Lane was one of the few additions to the class by Joe Moorhead. Basically, he just signed Mullins' guys. Um, and then they had, they had two other guys they signed but did not make the campus. John, John Coyce Patterson, who was another wide receiver that they liked. But he never made it to MSU. And then LaDamian Webb, the running back, who had an interesting saga of recruiting, and he's now at Florida State. So we've got 23 signees, and you got a mixed bag at best, right? Yeah. And again, how many All-SEC guys do we have in here? Is there one? There is not. Not to, I mean, Marcus Murphy, was he freshman All-SEC? I don't, I don't think he was. I don't think Crumbity was either. Um. So, yeah. I mean, the best player in the class right now is Marcus Murphy. Yeah. And he is a good player. Yeah. Hadn't called his name just a ton this year. No. So now, you know, this is the class of 18. In reality, you've signed... How many stars have you signed the last three classes? Simmons. You signed the Juco kids and Simmons. So, in other words, you signed a bunch of guys that aren't going to be there in 19. In 19, you have that problem... And then you also you combine that with suspensions. with the suspensions, and it's. I'm not saying we gave Joe Moorhead a raw deal, but he may have overachieved to get the six wins. It's the problem was how he looked in the losses, I think, and he lost a couple of games he shouldn't have perception, lost. As perception, as we've discussed yeah. multiple times. So the 21 class, I'm sorry, the 19 class. The problem here is this: we all knew the 19 high school class in Mississippi was the best it had been in decades, and. Because Mullen leaves, you can't really – He Moorhead just doesn't have the time to get in there and get some of these I'm not saying he would have gotten to Kobe Dean. Maybe he could have gotten Jerry on Ely, you know? Yeah. I mean, 
I think selling Jerion Ely on you could be the next Saquon Barkley. But he, he just, you know, he committed to Ole Miss early. And, you know, they felt, <clears throat> excuse me, I think they felt like late in the process they might have had a shot with him. But, but then Charles Huff goes to Alabama. But I think, you know, Charles Moore, I'm not going to, you know, fault State on that one. He's obviously a head case. But a guy like Byron Young, I think if State if he's if Mullen's still here, State has a much better chance. Same with Brandon Turnage at uh, at at Lafayette, and same with Derek Hall over at uh, at Gulfport. You still aren't signing any receivers. You know you don't get Dennis Jackson or Jonathan Mingo in this class. You do get Charles Cross, who I, I will give a lot of credit to Moorhead for because I think for a fact that once he committed to Florida State, Mullen and Hevesy would have tapped out on that. They would never have kept on him, and and Moorhead did to his credit. Um, you do get Nathan Pickering, you get uh, Demonte Russell, but injuries of sort of, and again, these are what your true sophomores, retro freshmen, should at least be on the class. At least there should there should be some guys in here. But let's look at this class, right? This is another one, right? Here we go. Cross and Pickering are playing. Yeah. Demonte Russell is not playing due to injury. Jaron Jones is gone. Garrett Schrader is gone. King Ani is gone, or he's not, if he's not gone, he's going to be gone soon. He doesn't contribute. Brandon Cunningham doesn't play very much, but he is a contributor. Fred Peters is hurt. LaQuinson Sharp contributes. Colin Duncan contributes. Peyton. Then there's Kareem Walker. Quentin Torbor. He and Kaiseya Pruitt are both on this list. Two receivers in this offense who cannot get on the field. Nick Penley's gone. J.P. Purvis is playing. Lee Witherspoon got his first reps, really, of the year Saturday night. We'll see if that continues. Emerson is still here. Jack Harris is still here. Uh, Dylan Lawrence is out for the year. Revan Jones is gone. And then you did add two transfers who are still here, Cole Smith and Alan Love. Smith is a starter. Alan Love is not a contributor. So, once again, you, you've missed out on a lot of guys here, including the quarterback's gone. Um, you know, you just, you're just missing out on guys. And then... It, can I pause you here for a second? Yeah. Some of this is, is the case... For Mississippi State, just throughout its history, though, right? Well, isn't that fair? I think for me, the two classes that you left to look at are fourteen and sixteen. Fourteen, they didn't get a lot of stars. Fifteen, they thought, well, we're getting all this young Mississippi talent, but those guys turn out to not to be that great. And then you go into sixteen, and you only—I mean, they—they they, they left signing day with fifteen guys. They knew that in seventeen they had to go so heavy on JUCOs, yeah. and it was by their own fault. It was their own fault. You know, I mean, they, they missed. Think about that sixteen class, and that was a, a, a in-state class that actually had good players for a change. You know, you look at the top guys in the state that year. Simmons was the number one player. Number two should have been AJ was Benito Jones, who is in the NFL and was a four-year starter for Ole Miss. Probably a, a he's got a little bust to him. We're talking about the guy who's a number. He was a five-star, number twenty-five player in the country. He was never all SEC, but. He was he was good enough. To, he started four years at Ole Miss. Yeah, AJ Brown is fourth. Uh, DK Metcalf is sixth. <laughs> I mean, he might be the second best guy in this in the class behind Simmons. Uh, Nigel not fourth. I mean, come on. Uh, Raquan Davis was fifth. And think about Raquan Davis committed to state for fifteen seconds. AJ Brown lives in Starkville. I mean, think about that twenty eighteen defense. How good it was. Now I had Raquan Davis. I mean, what do you got there? And then you had a, give a give Nick Fitzgerald AJ Brown. You know, what do you got there? I don't know. Uh, you know Scott Lashley, his story has been well documented. But 
you had a lot of, ta- of t- the top talent that year in the state has panned out. I mean, you talk about that one, two, three, four, five. Five of the top six guys are in the NFL right now. And, and like all pro level. I mean, Simmons, Brown, and Metcalf are pro bowlers. They will be pro bowlers. I don't know about Benito Jones, Raekwon Davis. He's a Dolphin, right? Mm-hmm. How's he doing? Yeah. Uh, don't, don't really know. I don't mean, really I, know. Okay. I, I would be uh, lying if I said I was as dour dolphin as I am dour. I, I know. I, know. I just but, thought you might know. No. But that was a good year in the state, and you really didn't do a good job of getting those guys. And so you make the decision in 17 to go heavy on the JUCOs, and that is the, the moment where 20 becomes a problem. Yeah. Now, if Mullen were still here, I think you would have done better in 19, gotten a few more of those key in-state guys. Um, I think, you know, obviously Keaton Thompson would still be your quarterback with Jalen Maiden backing him up. And then I don't know who would be on, 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 on behind it. I mean, a guy like Schrader, I guess he would have ended up going to Penn State had Moorhead stayed there. But that's somebody Mullen might have been interested in. And, Mull- and Mullen never, I mean, Ty Keyes will probably be committed to Mississippi State right now. Yeah. So, and I mean, the same is true for Moorhead, too, I think. I think Ty Keyes would have been committed to him. The 17 class is what seals the fate of this. Because not only are you get, you get all those JUCO guys who are going to be out in two years, but you also, none of your high school, most of your high school guys did not work out. Or if they did work out, they're gone. Kylan and Willie Gay. You know, I mean, the biggest contributor in that class, who did I say it was? Is it Austin Williams? It is. It's Austin Williams and Tucker Day. A punter and your fourth receiver. I mean, that's, that's how you end up where you are. And then you bring in Leach, who everything you've recruited for the past decade, he needs different of. You have no game-breaking wide receivers. you got no quarterback on the roster outside of Will Rogers who can sort of run what he wants to do. You've recruited offensive linemen who are, who are you know, desired for their ability to be road graders and be run blockers, and now you need guys who can get out and you know, maintain that wide split and, and move their feet. And you don't have that. And then all of your defensive talent is, is very young, outside of Errol Thompson. So, I say all that to say this. It's still no excuse to only score 30, 30 points, points in five game, four games. Really, 21 offensive Yeah, 21 offensive points. That's not an excuse for that. But if you're wondering how we got from there to here, that's sort of the roadmap. Yeah. 14 to 16, 17 to now. And it didn't help. Devontae Jason not be, being a bust hurt. It hurt. Keaton Thompson not being an accurate passer hurt. You know, if Keaton Thompson had been an accurate passer, he'd be the quarterback right now. Or he'd have been the quarterback last year for Moorhead, and you don't have to go through Tommy State. I think bringing Tommy in sort of hurt Moorhead a little bit. I think if people had invested themselves in Keaton, they wanted to see him succeed. And when it didn't happen, I think that, that hurts. You know, it hurt him with some fans. And then when Tommy wasn't an All-American, people were, well, what, you know, not, not, and I, I think they made the right decision because I don't think Keaton could have run that offense, but I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of what-ifs. There's a lot of, you know, butterfly effect moments in here. But what happened 16-17 for me? I mean, imagine coming into signing day. Yeah, they had 13 commitments. If Kobe Jones and Jeff Simmons decided to go somewhere else, you finish the day with 13 guys. I mean, that's half of what you... This is an argument I used to have a lot with Paul Jones. When we would talk about scholarship limitations, I'd be like, the state does it to itself. The NCAA doesn't need to punish Mississippi State. 
They undersign every year just for the hell of it. You know, there's no excuse not to sign 25 every year and just find the process takes care of itself. Guys will leave. And if they don't leave, well, you can make them leave. There's ways to do it without, you know, without just cutting them, which you can't do. So, I mean, 13 players, it's, no, it's not really a big surprise that four years later, you got some trouble. Yeah. I mean, the, the takeaway here is for all the talk of Leach and his offense and for all the, you know, talk of Moorhead and the culture that he had or didn't have, depending on what you think. It's players. Well, it's players, and and a lot of the, if you want to say blame, kind of goes to the guy that's coaching Florida. A fully engaged Dan Mullen makes a a big difference for Mississippi State. You know, if he'd gone out there and really recruited and held his staff to a higher standard, and again, Hevesy was a fantastic offensive line coach, but not a great recruiter. Gonzalez wasn't either. Not a great coach, not a great recruiter. You know, Greg Knox, not a great recruiter. He, Winning is coaching in MSU history. No doubt. But he, his job was made easier by the fact that year in, year out, Mississippi State produces great running backs. You know, there's, always an, there's usually an Aris Williams, there's usually a Kylan Hill to go get. Um, another interesting thing when you look at these recruit, recruiting is in 17 and in 19 and then again in 20, State was not in it for the top guy in the state. Cam Akers, N'Kobe Dean, and then uh, McKinley uh, Jackson last year. Hat not on the table for Mississippi State. You know, that's, that's an issue. I'm not saying that Kylan and Cam Akers wanted to play together, but, I mean, you got to try to find a ma- way to make that work. So, And really the same thing, you know, in 16, that you, were, you obviously got Simmons, but you weren't in it for AJ. You weren't in it for DK Metcalf. Not, not that I... I really hold DK against him. His dad played at Ole Miss, and he's from Oxford. Uh, but you weren't really in it. I mean, you thought you were in it for Lashley. You thought you were in it for Nigel Knott, but you couldn't get those guys done. You couldn't get Raquan Davis. You know, you, you just missed that. When there were good players to be had in state, guys who ended up panning out, you missed out on them. And then the guys you did get in state. Look at the in-state guys, by and large, state signed. You know, I mean, in that 15 class, go back to that. Um, you know, Peters. Not great. Leo Lewis, solid starter. That, that's, that's the best I can say about him. Fletcher Adams, eh. Malik Deer, eh. Um, Tim Washington, eh. You know, they're just year in and year out, they, they just weren't great players. Yeah. So it's, it's a long, it's a, it's, a lot, it's a lot deeper than just what's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, and it illustrates, too, the. For all the people, and we've had this conversation on the show many times, um, and there's nothing wrong with having the goal of, of Mississippi State becoming a an elite team kind of thing, but it illustrates... you got to recruit elite. Every year. Every year. Like, you can't just have... What's, like the Ole Miss thing, for instance. They had the one big class with Kim Dice and, and company. They had two big classes. Yeah. And then, I mean, you have to sustain it year after year after year after year. And... I mean, you just have to go back through what we just did to yeah. see that Mississippi State is nowhere near um, what they need to be to, to be an elite pro. And I know a lot of people understand that and realize that, but that that's why for the folks that get frustrated that, well, why can't Mississippi State ever, you know, be on that level at any point? Well, it's because that, those recruiting rankings and that the, the things that we just talked about, yeah. or you just talked about more so than I, yeah. 
that has to be on just a complete another stratosphere than well, here, what it's here, been the last I'll half give decade. You the, I'll give you an example, okay? Here's Alabama's class in 2017, the class that we talked about where states got no con- no contributors left, right? Yeah. Here's Alabama. Now, I'm not saying state's ever going to be Alabama before. I just want to preface that. But you talk about you want to be a national championship team? you got to recruit like this three, four years in a row. So here we go. This is the number one class in the country, in case you're wondering. Najee Harris, <laughs> he's still there. Yeah. Alex Leatherwood, still there. Probably the first, he'll probably be the first offensive lineman off the board. Dylan Moses, still there. All right. Jerry Judy was a first round pick. LeBron Ray didn't play Saturday night. He was injured, but he has been a multiple year starter for them. Tua. Jedrick Wills was a first round pick. Xavier McKinney was a second round pick. Devontae Smith will be a first round pick. Henry Ruggs was a first round pick. Vandarius Cohen is the first guy whose name I don't recognize. So we'll put it that way. Tyrell Shavers. We all know what happened there. But you can get away with a guy like that being a bust when you got <laughs> when you have that what I just what said. Just I got read. Ruggs, Judy, and Smith in front of him. Uh, Jerez Parks plays for them. Isaiah Bugs was a JUCO guy, but he started for a couple of years. Markel Benton stunt starts for them. Phil Darian Mathis has started for them. Christopher Allen started for them Saturday night. Had a big sack in that game. I think they kicked Daniel Wright off the team. Brian Robinson still plays for them. Chadarius Townsend is gone. Uh, they had a, Elliot Baker, who is a uh, Juco guy. He's gone now. Kendall Randolph, I believe, still starts for them. Uh, Major Tennyson is one of their tight ends. Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the fifth lowest rated signee in this class. He turned out all right. He's probably going to win the Heisman. Uh, and then you got some guys, you know, Joseph Bullivus. State fans might remember that guy. He was the kicker who the state thought they were going to get. That's the kind of class we're talking about. What was their 16 class? Again, state signs 15 guys on, on signing day. Here's Alabama's class. Ben Davis. You know, that's a bust. Their top-rated guy was a bust. What are the odds of that? But he was the number 10 player in the country. And he was from Gordo. How are you not going to sign him if you're Alabama? Mac Wilson started a lot of games for them. Jonah Williams was a first-round pick. B.J. Emmons was a bust for them. I mean, they have bust every now and then, but they just keep recruiting guys. Nigel Knott was a bust for them. Terrell Lewis played a lot of games. Shai Carter played a lot of games. Raquan Davis. Those are all NFL guys, too. Uh, Trevon Diggs is in the NFL. Jared Maiden, I think, is either just still starting for them or he just wrapped up his career. Quentin Williams was a first-round pick. Deontay Brown was a – I think he's gone now, but he was a longtime starter for them and an all-SEC guy. Jalen Hurts is in this class. Uh, Miller Forrestal is their starting tight end. Josh Jacobs is a – again, a guy – he was the number 11 running back in the country. He's a guy you think maybe Mississippi State could have gotten. But he ended up being a first-round pick out of Alabama. Um, so, yeah, you know, they just keep doing it. Can State sign one class like that, let alone four or five in a row to build up the kind of depth you got to have to be a national championship team? I think we know the answer to that. But that being said... It really makes it incredible that State did even what they did in 14. What State had in 14 going for them was they had an elite quarterback. Yeah. And they had enough talent. Where they ran out of – well, the problem was they didn't have the depth. And when they ran into two teams that were – especially on the offensive line. State, you look at their offensive line. You had – well, tackle to tackle. Let's see if I can do it. You would have had what? Clausell, Malone, Dylan Day, Ben Beckwith. Beckwith. Who's the right tackle? 
Uh, uh, Justin Senior. Yes. Canadian. So, yeah. One NFL draft pick in there, right? Justin Senior was like a six-round pick. Yeah. And so when they faced the two teams that had elite defensive lines, Alabama and Ole Miss, they lost. And then when, you know the the the, egg, the orange ball just is what it is there. But and it was the same thing in 2015. I, this is a stat I've brought up a million times. State gave up 32 sacks in 2015. So that's that's an average of you know about two and a half a game. But they gave up 16 of them to Alabama and Ole Miss. So the other uh, 11 games on the schedule, they gave up 16 sacks. That's a great number. But against Alabama and Ole Miss, and Ole Miss, of course, was still had Kimdiche at that time, they gave up 16 sacks. And that's why you don't win the national title. As simple as that. So, If State had an elite quarterback, you know, that's, that's, I feel like that's a huge piece of the puzzle because they can make everything else sort of work around them. But even then, you've got to have the depth around these guys. Yeah. You know, so... So how do we get here? You didn't sign well 14-15. 16 was a train wreck. 17, you had to go so heavy on the JUCOs that you basically sold off the 2020 season. I'm interested. I would. I am intrigued to know what this team would look like with Dan Mullen still the head coach. Because I think in 2018 he would have been very successful. But what would he have been in 2019? Could Keaton have taken over the reins? You know, I don't know. See, that's what we don't know, how successful the offense would have been with, with a Keaton. With Keaton and Kylan Hill and Harris. I mean, Harris Williams is still there. Yeah. They should have been able to run the football, probably. So, I don't know. But you ask yourself why we're here? Well, that's a good timeline as to why we're here. Yep. All right, let's move on into our picks. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I see that if you head over there for lunch today, the brisket mac and cheese Ooh, is on the You menu. will not regret it, I yeah. promise. There's there's no problems with that, I promise you. And uh, for sure, this weekend, if you're looking to cook out, you know, starting starting to put some stuff on the grill, man, there's no better place to go than Welcome Home Beef. If you're looking to put, you know, it's going to be cold, you're going to make some chili, make a beef stew. Man, they've got everything. they got the rump roast, chuck roast, oxtails, anything you want to make to make a stew. They've got it. Every delicious part of the cow is available to you at Welcome Home Beef. So go give them a call today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. And I promise you one thing is for absolute sure with them. It just tastes good. All right. Here we go. Here's the uh, the games for this week. Uh, Joel and I are I am still uh, two games behind Joel. Correct. And we are we are ready to roll here. So we have a very limited slate. We do. Joel, while we're sitting here, you know that tomorrow's show is the rumblings. Why don't you just go ahead and send out that tweet for that? And uh, we'll, we'll talk about Yeah, we've only got three games to pick. And well, there's some interesting games. Let's there, see what they happens. They are interesting. Let's do the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Florida is playing Georgia. Uh, Dan Mullen not suspended. Real quick, if Florida's playing Vanderbilt, is Dan Mullen suspended? It feels like it. Yeah, I agree with that. It's ridiculous that Dan Mullen gets fined the same amount for going on the yes, field yes. and acting like yes. Hulk Hogan ripping his shirt off kind of deal. Yeah. That Lane Kiffin even, is for hitting the retweet Richard was button. making a rich wrestling comments on Twitter. <laughs> Who do you think he is? Stone Cold? <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is the game that will decide the SEC East. Who you got? I'm not confident in it. But I'm going with the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm going to take a chance here. Okay. I'm going to go with Florida. Georgia's missing some defensive starters. I know. 
They were pretty beat up, is what Kirby Smart said. I feel like this is Mullins. If he doesn't win here, yeah. he's never beaten him. And that's what, one reason why I'm going with Georgia. It's just because the whole Dan Mullen doesn't win the big game. I don't want to be on Mullen's side for this. Yeah. So, in fact, no, I'm good. So, yeah, I will go with uh, with Florida. <laughs> All right. Okay. Texas A&M will uh, be on the road to play South Carolina. I'll say this for about A&M. They're playing really well. They're ranked seventh. They're like this dark horse to go to the playoff because they don't have Georgia or Florida left on the schedule, I don't think. Let me double-check that. Well, they've already played Florida. They beat Florida. Yep. So, they, yeah, they're sort of this dark horse. Could they get in if Alabama goes undefeated and they're sitting there with one loss? Which means this, and it's November, this is the time they always choke. So I'm very nervous about this, but I have not used A&M, I don't believe, as my doubler. Yeah. Here's the time. I'm going to take them to double. I'm going to double them up and take them to beat South Carolina. I was really hoping you wouldn't double them. Because I, I wanted to, to double them. I guess I can still double them. You can still double them. Or did I? No, I can't. Can I? Because didn't I take them against Vandy or somebody? You did. Oh, yes, you did. Did you not take no, them wait. against Vandy? No, no, no. No. I don't. I took Georgia that week against Arkansas. You took Alabama against Missouri, didn't you? Or did you save Bama? <laughs> this is how you, great you, we are. You used Keep Bama against Ole Miss. I know yes, that for a fact. Yes. Yeah, you took. You, you would have had to have taken. Yeah, you took Texas A&M. You can't do it. Yep. So anyway. All right, then. A&M. But you can gain on me anyway. Because well, a chance for me to be in ahead if things play my way on Saturday. All right, last one. Tennessee travels to Arkansas. Ah. Oh, man. This is a tough game to pick. Yeah. I feel like you got one team that's playing hard and playing well, and another team that's not playing hard and playing poorly. But I feel like that team is the more talented team. Yeah. Uh, you know what? This needs to be. I think we're both torn, so let's just do the old fashioned. Can I give me five seconds to think? All right. When I, okay, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Arkansas. Arkansas. All right. So only three games, but man, there's a lot of p- p- potential. I could be out of it, or I could be ahead come Sunday morning. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't think you'll be out of it. If I lose both games and I've got the doubler, I would be uh, minus four. But you got to remember, I picked the same with you on the doubler, so you could only lose one point there. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. I'd still be down three points, though. Yeah. Wait, wait no, no, no. You're down two right now. Yeah. And if I pick, if, if Georgia. If you lose Florida, Georgia, you'd be down three. Three. If you lose Texas A&M, I doubled. If I miss, it's a negative one. I'd be down four. Guess that's right. Yeah, but I also picked eight. But, but yeah, you don't lose. Don't but you don't right. lose a point. I, don't lose a point. I lose. You a point. do. That's right. I'd be down four. Yeah. But at the same time, if Florida wins and Texas A and M wins, <laughs> I get three points, and I'm only down two. I'd be up one. This is it. This is the seismic Saturday. This is where we're gonna we find out who is who is ahead and who has died. In the in the Game of Thrones, you are, you either win or you die. Here we go. <laughs> All right, so that's our picks for this week. Guys, thanks for listening to today's show. Tomorrow's show is the rumblings, so make sure you are getting your questions into us. We look forward to reading them. Uh, and then we will have uh, – I've already got an interview lined up with Ryan Weinstein. He covers uh, Vanderbilt for uh, 24-7. So we're going to talk to him this week and maybe a couple other surprises as well. Guys, have a great Tuesday. Joel and I will be back with you on Wednesday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning. On Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.